day and glad to have you. Bill Michael's show is on the air. Enjoying it. Hopefully you are as well getting ready for tonight. Where are you watching a Badger game tonight? Where are you checking that out? Are you uh, going to be in the friendly confines of your home, going to the Fiserv Forum? Want to know? Want to know? Covering the Badgers, our own Zach Heilprin joining us on the hotline. Zach, how you doing, bud? Doing good, Bill. Now, are you in uh, Milwaukee or are you still in the uh, confines of the house? I am uh, in Milwaukee, getting ready to head over to Fiserv, watch some of these early games. Uh, Purdue and Yale about to tip off here. So, yeah, getting ready for a ton of basketball here in Milwaukee today. Give me your thoughts. First of all, Kentucky sucks. I wanted to get that out of the way. And then and then, give me your thoughts on the Badgers coming into this game against Colgate. The only way I see Colgate winning is if Colgate is because they shoot well from the outside. If they play any semblance of defense, the Badgers aren't hitting their shots, and Colgate's draining everything from the outside. That's the only way they win. Am I correct? Yeah, I, I would agree. I, it comes down to their three-point shooting, and it's going to be a focus. That Again, I, as I've been saying all week, I think this is a really – probably the best matchup Wisconsin could hope for a team that is a three point shooting team, as opposed to a team that's going to try and bludgeon you inside because they've struggled uh, with post defense. So yeah, it's about running guys off the line and stopping dribble penetration. Kobe, uh, Chucky Hepburn said that yesterday when we had a chance to talk to him, said biggest focus, keeping the guards out of the lane, because if you keep them out of the lane, you're not going to have anybody to, uh, to pass out to for, for open three pointers. So yeah, I think it's going to come down to their ability to, to slow that. And then, you know, can Johnny Davis uh, bounce back from a rough day? And can Wisconsin hit some of their, hit some shots of their own? What have you seen in the tournament? Now, you know, we look at Indiana. They they ended up falling. Iowa ends up falling. You know, Michigan got a win. Give them credit. But uh, for some of the teams that you thought might be really strong in the Big Ten that seemed to be peaking as they were going into the postseason, they get knocked off. Uh, give me your thoughts on the surprise that is Iowa and Indiana both falling. Well, Fran McCaffrey. He is, he is, uh, I know, right. Mr. March or maybe uh, not so March. I mean, he's the opposite of Tom Izzo. They have not gotten to the second round or excuse me, the second weekend of the tournament since 1999. Uh, Wisconsin is, is looking to get there for, I believe an 11th time, uh, this year in that, in that, in that same vein. So yeah, they are, uh, not a good team in March and, uh, no, I don't care what they did last week. That is not, uh, usually it's not relevant. I don't think. It's what you do these three weeks. And Fran McCaffrey's been a complete failure in these three weeks uh, throughout his time at Iowa. So that is that. Indiana, I, I feel bad for Indiana because of what they had to do, uh, play on a, on a Tuesday night, fly across the country, and then you know play again uh, against a, a really good St. Mary's team. So I, I guess I'm not totally surprised by that. Right now, Ohio State up 10. We'll see how Michigan State does tonight, and then obviously we'll see how Wisconsin plays as well. There's some other teams uh, to play too, but I don't know. I mean, when you have nine teams, they're not all going to win. And um, I, I guess I just wasn't hugely overly surprised by Iowa losing just based on their, their history in this tournament. Uh, what's uh, now, if you're downtown, what's downtown like right now? My assumption is there's got to be quite a few fans walking around and there's got to be a buzz down there. Oh yeah. I and mean, I mean, there are, there's a lot of red. There was yesterday too at the, uh, at the practice, not as much as I thought there was going to be, but, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a festive atmosphere uh, in Milwaukee, and it's going to be, I'm sure, even more lit up by the time the game rolls around. I mean, tip's not going to come until likely after 9 o'clock, except for 8.50, but you know how those things go. And uh, giving fans all day to drink and then pile into the fi- into fire serve, it's going to be, uh, I think, pretty uh, pretty raucous atmosphere. 
They sent the warning out saying that since they have to change over the crowd, that uh, people need to be patient outside. It's the quickest turnaround in the entire tournament, which means they're going to have to turn things around in about an hour's time to get people out and more people in. So if you're going to the game, you gotta you got to know what you're doing, get in quick and get in line and then have patience, right? Well, and, and the benefit of it is Wisconsin is the second game. So, you know, when they get those two games, you get the two sessions. In the first session, you have tickets for the first session. Fine. If you have tickets for the second session, uh, the first game is LSU and, and Iowa State. So I think Wisconsin fans will probably be all right getting in there. But if you're an Iowa State fan or an LSU fan, yeah, uh, it might be a little tight. Um, now talk about Colgate a little bit. We talked about their shooting and their outside ability. Is there any other type of threat that Colgate really brings to the table? I mean, they do have a. I mean, they do have uh, one post. They, they they do want to get the ball to the post at times, right? Uh, they'd like to work it inside out if their dribble penetration isn't working. So, I think. Uh, but it, most often, he's not really looking to score. So, it's tough for me to see. Um, a lot of things that they're going to be able to do against Wisconsin defense outside of the three-point shooting. And at the other end of the court, they're just not very good. I mean, they are one of the worst defense efficiency-wise, one of the de- worst defenses of uh, any team in the tournament this year. So if Wisconsin can't figure it out offensively against them, then uh, and then I think Wisconsin's got bigger problems. I, I really don't. I think, we, it, uh, Bill, it goes back to you know the first question. It's, you know, what, do, what will allow Colgate to win this game? And it's shooting a, a really good percentage from outside go back to the mid portion of the season uh, wisconsin after they get win at, that win at purdue they went on a little bit of a run and at that point in time they were shooting the ball extremely well specifically beyond the arc I, and i was talking to a buddy of mine last night i said look if wisconsin for whatever reason gets hot and they say get that shooting percentage up above 37 to 40 beyond the arc I don't think there's anybody that can beat this team with the scrappy defense they play. It could all of a sudden get scary. We could talk about a team possibly getting to a Final Four, right? Yeah, you could. But are you confident that that is going to happen? No, not at all. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. And they've been above 35% in two games since the beginning of February. Uh, You know what I mean? Like in the last, what, the last 11 games, they've been over – 35% 35% twice. That's, I mean, from three I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and most of them, and most of it is nowhere close. They've only been in the thirties, like three or four times in that stretch. So it's, it is a very, very cold shooting team, but what they, and it's not any different than it was earlier in the year. They were winning these games despite not being able to hit from outside. And they were doing it because Johnny Davis was being so efficient, even on uh, what some people would consider not, efficient shots, you know, those long range jumpers, mid range jumpers that, but he was able to hit them and it just didn't matter. So, um, yeah, I mean, if they are able to hit anywhere close to 35 or 36% on a consistent basis, they are going to be an extremely tough out. You hope, you hope that is they can carry over what they did in the second half against Michigan state. I think they shot seven of 17 and, you know, uh, Chucky Hepburn and Brad Davison, I believe were six of 10, uh, combined in the second half. So if you can get that kind of performance, they're going to be almost impossible to beat. I would agree. LSU and Iowa State, the first game of the match. Uh, who do you got, and which team matches up better against Wisconsin? I don't like either one of those teams. Um, just because, I mean, LSU is coming off their coach getting fired last weekend, and, they, and, and the, uh, the assistant was fired, so they got an interim coach right now. And then on the other side of things, you've got an Iowa State team that is, uh, I think, finished 7-11 and in the Big 12. They have mm-hmm. some nice pieces. T.J. Alfaber is obviously from Wisconsin. There's some there's some connections there. 
Uh, Isaiah Brockington, who's who was at uh, Penn State, is is one of their better players. But I, I really don't. I think honestly, and, and we we talked about this on our podcast, the swing Jesse Temple and I from the Athletic, and said, you know, I think this first game, if they get by this first game, they're going to be in the Sweet 16. Like that is, I think, uh, what a lot of people feel. Like if they can get by Colgate and deal with you know some of the things that happened in March, they're going to have a. I, I think they the second game maybe leave maybe a little bit easier. Uh, if that uh, makes any sense, I don't know. It's, um, I don't like either one of those teams. I think it's a, a really, really good draw for Wisconsin. I, and I do too. I, uh, you, you, there's a lot of adversity for LSU to try to overcome. I agree with that. Yeah. And there's and there's no. I mean, neither one of them is a great offensive team. Like they are not a great. I mean, they they don't shoot the ball extremely well. Either one of those teams. So I, it would not be, I would think, a great matchup for them to face Wisconsin, but. Again, Wisconsin has to get by tonight in the first first place, and I've had way too much time to talk myself into how Colgate wins this, but um, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm, I'm still going with Wisconsin. Uh, are you still in the tournament, or did Kentucky bust your bracket as well? Oh, I I lost the first two games yesterday, and I don't think I've looked back. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I had uh, Iowa in the Elite Eight. I don't know why. I think I okay. bought in like everybody. I thought I, I think I bought in like everybody else. I'm an idiot like everyone else and bought in. And then uh, I think I think I had Kentucky in the Final Four. I probably did. It's, I don't I mean, Bill. Once, once you, you know, you suck. Like I, I, I suck. Like that's just that's just what it is. I mean, you're never. I'm never going to pick a great bracket. Uh, yeah, bracket. So, you know, it is what it is. I uh, I made the mistake of listening to Ben Kenny. He talked me into the damn Iowa pick. I was Richmond all the way. I said yeah. it on this show. I made it public, and he talked me into Iowa. Although I only have Iowa winning the first one and the second one, so it wasn't like it was awful. But but Kentucky and that son of a uh, Calipari that they they screw me every damn year, and it's the reason I hate Kentucky. And I and I just I can't stand them. Cannot stand yeah. most overrated and overhyped coach ever in the history of coaching. Just no awful. Yeah, no one has no one has coached more talent than him and accomplished less in terms of oh, absolutely, national, absolutely. In terms of success and yeah, and, and uh, never listen to Ben Kenny. That's, uh, that's no, the first no, and, I'm finding first that rule out. of anything. Yeah, yeah, I'm finding that out real quick. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad his beer's out in the out in the uh, the the garage warming up, and it's not sitting cold in my refrigerator right now. <laughs> so. Thanks, guys. All right, Zach, have a good time, buddy. Enjoy the game and enjoy the atmosphere. We will talk to you soon. Sounds good, Bill. Thanks. All right, pal. There you go. That is our buddy, uh, Zach Heilprin, of the Heilprin, Kenny and Heilprin Show. That airs on Thursday night. That will talk you into bad moves for your bracket. <laughs> do you do you feel good about the power you wield, Ben? I mean, I feel great about Wisconsin tonight, so I uh, guess that okay. should tell you something. Right? If if Boy, if they lose, I can only imagine what your Twitter feel will look like. It already looks like that. It's, it's an every night thing. It's okay. Okay. I'm used to it. <sighs> more my self-esteem that will be gone and fleeting yeah richmond <laughs> richmond's coming into the tournament they got a head of steam they played extremely well yeah i'm gonna go with richmond no i'm gonna go with iowa i was you know i got iowa down all the way down the elite eight yeah i was strong coming out of the big 10 tournament yeah all right i forget okay. what i said because i love right, richmond right. yeah yeah you didn't throw the mccaffrey uh, angle in there so otherwise huh. i could have just dropped in gone back on that and said no you're wrong see if zach can sit in the chair for a day yeah but you uh you threw that damn i in there oh they're strong <laughs> big 10 okay son of a okay all right <sighs> i'm all right all right i regained i regained
Beers on me. I'm good. How about that? I look, uh, you know what? It's like a, a good Jimmy Buffett song. You know, you, you, you sprung a leak, you rally, and you come back again. That's what I did. I, my boat sprung a, sprung a leak, and I'm rallying. I've got that fat guy in a glass-bottom boat with that uh, flex seal, and he's smacking that tape all over the holes in my boat, and I'm keeping the water out. I'm good to go. <laughs> oh, God. There we go. I can live with that. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Robert's Specialty Meats. If you are going to be grilling out anything this weekend, it's Sunday looks like the day. So when you celebrate the uh, Badger win tonight and you're getting ready for the Badger game on Sunday, grill out a little Al Capone sausage, maybe the roast, maybe you go ribs on a stick, whatever it happens to be. Check out Robert's Specialty Meats Waukesha. Robert's Specialty Meats Waukesha.com. That's Robert's Specialty Meats Waukesha.com. And see all that they have to offer, without a doubt. Also, I want to remind you, uh, if you're heading down, if you're one of the Wisconsinites heading into the game tonight, stop by and check out MKE Brewing. It's on 9th Street. It's just above the Fiserv Forum, just uh, west of it. And if you go to the rooftop, you can actually see the Fiserv Forum. It overlooks it. But go in, get a meal at Bottle House 42, try some of the craft brews that they have. Right now, go over to MKE Brewing, Milwaukee Brewing, 9th Street, just a couple of blocks uh, west of the Fiserv Forum. Terrific place, terrific place. Go in and do a little beer tasting. Get yourself a little uh, liquid lubrication before you head in and start cheering for the uh, Bucky Badger tonight. Stay tuned. Our guy, Mike Clemens, going to join us coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You know, not putting all the, the last dance and what it stands for aside, I think it every year is basically the last dance based off of how we kind of talked about it because you think about it. I mean, it was Jordan and, you know, Pippen's last dance or whatever, but it's our last dance as that group, you know, regardless. Like, this team is not going to be the same team, um, you know, personnel-wise next year. It's just not going to be the exact same people out there. So when you have the opportunity... We've has, I've been blessed to be around a lot of really great players since I've been here. But it was our last dance of having Julius Peppers around. It was our last dance of having Micah Hyde here, Casey Hayward. You know, it's, that's, that's kind of how I look at it and how we started to look at it as a team. Is like, it really is the last dance for having this type of group here. We don't know what the next year is going to hold. You know, leaving myself and Aaron and stuff out of it. Still a lot of big parts of this team other than us here. You know, it's, it's always uncertainty year to year. Um, there's no excuse but to go and, you know, take care of business now. boy i'll tell you what i saw that in the clip and i'm thinking mike clemens doing yeoman's work in overtime fantastic lead in musically uh we bring him in now our own mike clemens uh nfl serious radio and our guy on the ground uh so michael uh first of all did this somewhat catch you off guard yeah because you know when this thing breaks at about 6 30 last night First of all, for me, it's just like huge story. And so I don't really, you know, I'm not swirling in opinion. I'm just trying to grab facts. I'm trying to confirm stuff. But it's just like, you know, I just wipe the rest of my night in St. Patrick's clean, get on the phone, start calling around, confirm, confirm what the hell is going on. And, you know, Raiders, not a shock. 
it's a you know it's a likely suspect. But uh, the fact that this actually went down, uh, with all the things that this team has done to keep that Rodgers and Devontae Adams combination going for more than a last dance, and then what ended up transpiring. And, of course, now more and more of the story trickling out. But I wanted to take you down memory lane, okay? Yes. Down amnesia lane a little bit, all right? <laughs> okay. Because you and I drove down to Chicago to a game at Soldier Field, and this was going to be, what are they going to do again without Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers has gotten that collarbone injury up at U.S. Bank in Minnesota, first first game up there. And uh, was it was Anthony Barr that drilled him into the turf, right? So you got Brett Hundley out there, who they'd had on the team for a couple of years, and now you're trying to ask the question, okay, is this the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers at quarterback? And the other question was this, is that you had Jordy and you had Randall and, you know, you had Geronimo Allison out there. But uh, Devontae Adams now was like a second-round pick in his second or third year, and they weren't going to him. So the Packers, are they're in the game. They're going back and forth with the Bears. And then Devontae, or, uh, Brett Hundley settles down, and he starts drilling these really – some of the nicest passes he ever threw in a Packers jersey – not to Jordy, but to Devontae Adams. And they had this tremendous connection. And so in the locker room, we asked Devontae, um, have you and Brett Hundley sort of been working together outside of practice? You've got a chemistry there. I think me and Brett have uh, kind of got on the same page over the past couple of weeks, kind of figuring out, learning each other's mannerisms out there just so he can know, you know, just to let it fly and me to know when, you know, kind of what he's thinking on different plays. So I feel like we've connected and we've kind of put a little bit of extra time outside of the, the stadium to try to figure some things out. And I think that that's helped us on the field. I love the walks down memory lane of those young receivers, wide-eyed and just trying to get themselves onto the field. Well, it's just, you know... What it was is like, you know what? Aaron Rodgers isn't paying attention to me. Brett Hundley may, may not be the next guy. And, and so we're, this is taking you back five years, Bill. Mm -hmm. The thought that, you know, if Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson, this group, if they get their Super Bowl ring, they're probably all going to move on and retire. And so Devontae's like, I'm going to hitch my wagon to Brett Hundley, <laughs> you know? Right. And, and what it did is it started to open eyes, like, Wait a minute, this Devontae Adams can really play the game if you, if you give him the shots. So then you go over to Jordy's locker, who was, you know, the leader, the wide receivers then, and he was, you know, the big guy and the go-to guy for Aaron Rodgers. And so we, we asked Jordy, so is, is Brett Hundley coming to you for the short pass? And then, you know, he's taking the shots downfield to Devontae Adams? I think he's doing what he's asked to do. He's going through his progressions. He's reading the coverages and reading his his keys. And um, when if it's a you know some of these routes are going to be shorter, and we expect us to catch it and make the play. As an offense, did you just play a little more loose as the game wore on? I think we just played. We made plays. I think the running game was great. Offensive line did a good job all day. Um, I mean, Ty had the big long touchdown, but for the most part, it was just some pounding football. So, so yeah, go ahead, Mike. So, so what's going on is. It's like basically it's like Devontae Adams is faster. Why do you keep going downfield to Jordy Nelson? Jordy Nelson's getting slow now, and he's sure-handed. And maybe they, with Rodgers out of, you know, on the bench with the broken collarbone again, maybe this is a time where the Packers could realize, you know, you need to use Jordy 
on third and short, but you need to take shots downfield to this younger, faster Devontae Adams. And then when Rodgers comes back, he needs to see this. He needs to start going to Devontae Adams and these other guys, right? And then you go to the wide receiver coach, who's now the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears, Luke Getze. And, you know, he's, like, making a point, like, you know what? Now that Aaron Rodgers is out of the way right now, and we're using Brett Hundley, you know, is is Devontae Adams becoming Brett Hundley's go-to guy? Um, Devontae does a lot of things that are special, and I think that, um, you know, Brett's latching on to those, and you can see him taking advantage of, of those. And I think um, we're asking Jordy to do way, a lot more, you know, a lot of different things. I mean, he's, he was outstanding last game in the run game, and Cobby the same way. I mean, we've moved, moved him all, over, all, all around. I mean, you may not get a ball thrown to you. You may get ten balls thrown to you. Um, but, you know, they've done a great job of, of buying in, and, and he's just been excellent. Obviously, he sprung that big run for, for Ty. That was, you know, he did a great job going in, diving in, and getting that safety. So, Which, you know what, he, Devontae grew because I, I, he started out kind of injured, and then he grew. He developed. He studied. I give him a ton of credit. Um, and then you fast forward to today and you think, at least we were led to believe that this was the last dance and these two guys were going to come back together and one was going to lead to the signing of another. And, and it just, I knew, I kept hearing 130, 145 million bucks. I kept hearing that out of Devontae's camp and I thought there's no way the Packers are going to pay that. And then surprisingly, Mike, the Packers kind of said, yeah, maybe we won't go as many years, but we will do that. But Devontae just didn't want to be here and I don't know how long this whole process with Rodgers getting all the money and being the highest paid player and going after other players and making room I don't know what did or didn't frustrate Devontae but he just didn't want to come back you know we talk about NFL sources and three out of four times that's the agents but late last night Ian Rappaport the reporter for the NFL Network he's got these agents named Devontae Adams agents. Frank Bauer has been in the game a long time. And Kenny Chapman confirmed that at the end of the day this week, Green Bay offered more money in the contract than the one he's going to sign in Las Vegas. I think the money was probably going to be like all these other deals because of their salary cap problems right now pushed off. And I think that with this deal that Devontae Adams is going to get more of the money up front. But at the end of the day, Devontae Adams went to the Raiders for a little less money, but just to move on and go to the Raiders. That's what was so unbelievable about this. And so we just talked to Gutekinds nine, ten days ago as he's coming up the deadline for franchise tag, followed by free agency, you know, and, you know, making the negotiations and everything. And so he was asked directly, so, you know, here it is late February early March, and Aaron isn't quite giving you the decision yet. He said he would make this sooner than later. Is Aaron dragging out his decision? Is, is this affecting your ability to get a deal done with Devontae Adams or some of your other soon-to-become free agents? Yeah, I mean, obviously we'd like to know as soon as we can just because I think it helps for planning and moving forward. Uh, but those two situations are completely different. I mean, they're two different players and two different situations, both great in their own right, um, and we were lucky to have them, and we'll, we'll you know, hopefully be able to have them both moving forward, but they're separate. 
Uh, Mike, let me ask. Let me back up for a second. When the Packers, we know that, like you had stated, the Packers had actually offered more money. Maybe it wasn't as long, or whatever, whatever the parameters of the contract were. But but Devontae just wanted out. Now, do you believe it was just because he grew up a Raiders fan and wanted to go to the Raiders and wanted to play with Derek Carr, or do you think something, as some have put it, and I saw today on Twitter that it was just too much water under the bridge. Devontae just wanted to leave. What do you believe? Uh, I've got a lot to say on that, and maybe we could cover that after the break. I think, um, I, I think it had to do with uh, money first, and more money sooner. I think it had to do with that as well. Uh, I think that Devonte Adams uh, has been disappointed for the last year and a half. That why wasn't this deal getting done sooner in Green Bay? And mm-hmm. why are you basically letting me slide into this last year? Why? Aren't me the highest paid uh, wide receiver. And I've talked about this with you, Bill, off the air as well. Remember I told you about two years ago? I said, what are all these questions about suddenly we're making Devontae Adams the best receiver in the NFL? I mean, he was good, and the numbers right. were there, and I, I almost didn't, I was almost wondering if there were some stories being uh, encouraged, somewhat planted by the either Devontae's camp the Packers front office, but a lot of some of the senior writers came into camp two years ago after LaFleur's successful season, and, you know, in that first year, remember, Devontae had missed some games with injury, but coming into camp, they, they, they so all were on this thing about, you know, look at Devontae Adams' numbers. He's got a chance to break some serious franchise records here. Um, this guy actually might be the best receiver, and so it was it started to build this thing over two years. Devontae's the number one guy, and pretty soon that got picked up nationally. And then mm-hmm. Devontae comes right out and says, yeah, I, at the end of the day, I am going to be the highest-paid receiver in the NFL out of this deal. And and so the, the Packers take all last year. They ended up not getting a deal with him. They table it. They go through the season, the last stance, all that other crap. And then they franchise tag him, which, you know, he said through channels, you know, he, I'm not playing on the tag. And I think at the end of the day, maybe he just, his just decision was, you know what, I'm tired of this, and I'm I'm moving on. I need a fresh start. This should have been done a year and a half ago, and and there's more about that I want to talk about. Here's the yeah. Difference. Let's do this. Here's here's let's the do this. So quickly. Yeah. Here's the difference. We just talked about that transition from Jordy to Devonte. That's because you had Devonte. Right now, here's the Packers' wide receivers: Randall Cobb. Alan Lazard, Jawan Winfrey, and mm-hmm. draft pick Amari Rogers. And after that, it's guys you've never heard. Because Equinemia St. Brown, who you drafted, just signed with the Bears. Marquez Valdez-Scalley's out there talking to other teams. There's no Devontae in, waiting in the wings to be the next number one on this team right now. Right. No, I agree. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Mike Clemens joining us uh, on the hotline from Sirius XM, NFL Radio, our uh, Green and Gold Insider. Stay tuned. we got more coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. A 
I let the ref know that, and for some reason he thought I was joking around when I told him I don't I don't push off. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I know you might hear this from a lot of people, but I don't like that call, man, because I don't touch the DB. I got a lot of stuff to worry about, and touching him and messing with him, whether it's hand fighting or whatever they try to say that I did, because I didn't. I mean, if you do a DNA test on that man's shoulder, there's nothing on him until he touched me. So if for whatever reason he was to just collapse, I would not be a suspect in that murder. I take pride in not putting my hands on the defensive back ever, or you know, if, if not ever, then not very often. So they definitely shocked me. I usually get the, the 99 on Madden uh, consideration from the ref, but not that time. There you go. Those are the words of Devontae Adams. And uh, if he were to drop dead for murder, they would not convict me. There's your soundbite right there. <laughs> this portion of the program brought to you by our good friends at Stenny's. If you're going to a place to watch the game tonight or maybe take a shuttle downtown, that's the place to go. They run shuttles to everything. Pfizer Forum, UW Panther Arena. They do it to um, uh, out to American Family Field, up to Green Bay, out to the Kohl Center, out to the Camp Randall. They got it all. That's Stenny's, second and national Walkers Point, downtown in uh, the Milwaukee area. Joining us now on the hotline is our good buddy Mike Clemens. So, Mike... Uh, kind of going through the old days of Devontae Adams and the growth that he's had. But as we discussed uh, before the break, it, it just seemed like, yeah, we can talk about his propensity to play with Derek Carr, his former college you know, quarterback and roommate, the fact that he built a house out in Vegas and he's getting close. And But it just also seems like there's just too much water, too much damage, too many pent-up anger feelings towards the organization for Devontae to even wanted to return. Yeah, and and as I say, uh, before the break, um, this thing, this snowball started about two years ago, where there was this constant line of questionings and setting up and interviews to start putting a spotlight on Devontae Adams. Like this guy is, you know, this guy is going to emerge as the number one receiver in the NFL, just from where, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and some of these other guys are. Julio Jones was at the, his part of the career. And so, and that it got picked up by the national media, and and then you know he he had the numbers to back it up, and Rogers is throwing to him, you know, 15 times a game, and on and on and on, and so then Rogers sits out all last spring, and Devontae's there like, well, if he's quitting, then what am I doing here? Maybe I don't want to sign with Green Bay, and Devontae skipped all the OTAs, and so did the other guys, even like Alan Lazard and. Marquez Valdez-Scaling, they're skipping the OTA. So meanwhile, everyone's excited through this COVID pandemic situation that, well, at least Jordan Love gets all these snaps because all those preseason games last year were wiped out. So the good news is that Jordan can get all these snaps in OTAs and mini camps. Then you get to the mandatory mini camp, and Devontae reports, but he stands off to the sidelines. So Jordan Love never gets a chance to throw a ball to Devontae Adams all through the spring. That was you know what I kept on pointing out on the show. You know that's that's what the joke is here. It's like it's, this is what, Jordan Love's not making any progress. He's throwing a bunch of rookies, mm-hmm. and then and then it gets right up until before Rogers makes his decision the weekend before camp that Devonte reports and and then comes in and then you know everything is is forgotten. But there's that period there in training camp where you think maybe Devonte Adams is going to get a new deal by the Packers. The two sides couldn't agree. The Packers had that serious salary cap situation. And so, you know, the Packers front office then just put it off and decided, um, hey, you know what, Um, let's see if we can win a Super Bowl, and then we'll talk. You know, we'll see if Rodgers wants to come back, and after he makes his decision, then we'll talk to you, Devontae. Well, they didn't win, 
Brian Gutekind said that he had a very good conversation after the loss to the 49ers this January with Devontae Adams, so he, they felt that they were on the same page. But in that critical period, just before last year's training camp, Devontae, who grew up in Palo Alto, that's in the Bay Area, it's a, it's a little south of San Francisco, it's around the Bay, around the corner from Oakland. And in a, in a poor neighborhood, he got into Fresno State, and you and I have talked about you know how much preseason football I watched during training camp, and mm-hmm. I was excited, you know, watching the Cowboys game when I said, yeah, Tony Romo looks okay, but, man, they've got this Dak Prescott kid. Did you see what he did against the Dolphins? And then, you know, Romo gets hurt, and Dak Prescott ends up becoming a starting quarterback. And the same thing was going on with Oakland. And I said, have you seen this number four Derek Carr kid? You know, David's younger brother. Hey, this guy is good, and he's a leader, and he's wearing the five number. And when they came to Green Bay in a preseason game, he was all over the bench leading guys and rah-rah and cheering and everything. And then I find out that was Devontae's quarterback. And so I started asking about him. He goes, yeah, Derek's a great guy. And that conversation has been going on for five years. So last summer, Devontae was back home in the San Francisco area, Palto Alto, doing a fundraiser. And the ABC local TV got to do an interview with him. And they were saying, hey, you know, we just talked to Derek Carr and he's still hoping someday you're going to come back home and, and play for the Raiders. And here's how that went. I interviewed your former teammate, Derek Carr, just a couple days ago. And he said how much he'd be looking forward to playing with you possibly next year. Just what are your thoughts you stir on that? something up. You stir something up with that one. <laughs> I, yeah, <did>. so, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I can't have too many thoughts on it right now. But, uh, you know, I'll... Uh, I'll just continue to be me and, and just let this thing kind of work itself out and see what what happens. Obviously, I love Derek to death. We got a, a great friendship and um, we still communicate really, really consistently. He's one of my one of my best friends. So um, obviously, it'd be a dream uh, to be able to play with him. But uh, you know, I'm a Packer now, so uh, until that point uh, where we make that decision, I guess we just gotta. We'll see what happens. Do you ever think about, though, those times of you guys connecting out there at Fresno State and just why were you guys so successful together? Our connection off the field is what did did that the most, honestly. It was, uh, you know, we were really, really good friends, really tight, and uh, that kind of drove to where we knew what each other were thinking. Um, you know, he'd make a check, and I'd know two seconds before he even looked at me that, you know, this could potentially be coming just because, you know, we spent a lot of, a lot of time together, um, you know, off the field. And then on the field, um, he brought out the best of me first getting to college. He was the one who started the whole Tay thing. People didn't even call me Tay until I got to Fresno State. So um, he, he got that going. And, um, yeah, I think as soon as I got there, we kind of hit it off. And even though I redshirted, he was throwing me balls and telling other people to back up. And, you know, I'm, I'm not even playing the whole year. And he's trying to trying to get some reps in knowing what could potentially be coming, uh, you know, in the future. Uh, Mike, I, I want to go back to something that you'd said and going back to when Jordy was kind of on the decline and we knew, the Packers knew, that Devontae was on the upswing. We don't have another Devontae Adams sitting in the wings right now as a Packers fan. Uh, what do you think the Packers do? Is it bring in a free agent? Because I don't think there's anybody out there that's going to come in and take over for what he, he brought to the table. Uh, do you think they make a trade or do you think it's just they're going to take maybe a veteran and they just hope that they hit in the draft? Because I don't know, with only two years, really serious years with Aaron Rodgers sitting ahead of us, I don't know if you want to take that chance of not finding the next Devontae Adams, you know? Yeah, I, first of all, Brian Gutekinds is not shocked by anything. They've come up with 
you know, World War III scenarios for everything. You know, losing Aaron Rodgers, losing Devontae Adams, uh, Aaron Jones suddenly wanting to retire. You know, they, they, they have all the scenarios, and they have backup plans. So I imagine the backup plan was, okay, if we don't get Devontae, who is on the pro personnel board? And if we got some high draft picks, now could we actually not just necessarily use those for ourselves, can we flip some of these picks that we just got or that we're holding going into this year's draft to a, another team in order to see if we can pull off a team that's deep at wide receiver? Maybe there's a receiver or two out there that we like that he, he's actually willing to give up draft picks for as they head into the draft. Because, And I think that's what it's going to take. Because unlike, as we pointed out in past years, there's always a guy or two there in the waiting. Amari Rogers is not that guy yet. No. You know, Jawan Winfrey yeah. is a kid off the street, and there's been some flash, but he's not even anywhere near. Randall Cobb is your lead. We, everybody is familiar with what Alan Lazard can do, but you don't have a number one. And you're, right. you know, and they have to have, and they can't, they can't be waiting for the draft. And you're not even sure if Rogers is is fully committed to coming to all the OTAs, just the mandatory mini camp. So there's there's a lot of work to be done there because unlike 2018, when you were at that moment and we were talking about, okay, Jordy's probably moving off, and here comes Devontae, they went out and drafted three receivers, but they didn't do real good, right? Because Javon right. Moore was the first one they took in that, in that draft. He's now in the USFL for some team, the New Jersey Generals, uh, Equinemia St. Brown. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't – figure out a way that they could at least tender him but apparently they don't think he's getting any better you know he had some injuries last right. year rogers just spoke he just signed with the bears and marquez valdez scaling is the best i know is still out there talking to other teams in the league to see if he can get more money than what apparently green bay has offered him if green bay has even offered him anything so they're starting from scratch right now with what they've got on the roster yeah, they have not, uh, other than Amari Rogers over the last three drafts, they've only taken Amari, and that was it. They haven't taken a wide receiver in the last three drafts other than Amari Rogers. So it's not like you've got a stockpile of talent that's sitting there right now. Yeah, so, I mean, they've got a plan. Obviously, they think that there's a pool of six or seven possible, you know, I don't know if Jarvis Landry's the, the answer out of Cleveland. I think that guy's probably a head case at times. Uh, I don't, you know, obviously they've got some names on a pro personnel board, and they've got some scenarios where they think that they can, you know, take some action to to get these guys. But it is amazing. The other thing is this, is that the Packers, they're good at offensive line to the point where they could say, you know what, we can let Billy Turner move on because we feel real good about the depth. It's okay on the defensive line, but they got to make a move or two there to help out. Kenny Rogers. It looks like they could be great at secondary if they can use this Devontae Adams money now and flip it over to Rasul Douglas and lock him up. You'd be great in the secondary. And at the end of the day, Bill, the Packers have always been good at signing pretty good wide receivers, whether they're undrafted or whatever. They, they, I think they feel, particularly when you got the Hall of Fame quarterback, he can make any of these average receivers good enough to win games, and everyone keeps throwing out that stat. Oh, you know, since Lafleur was there, when Devontae Adams was out with injury, the you know the the, the Packers were seven and zero. I mean, they they won games 
even though he was on the sidelines. But I don't think that's anything to bank it on. This is a huge loss. This is a huge loss, and it's not going to make Aaron Rodgers a better quarterback. I, I know that we talk about that all the time. It's a huge loss. It's I think it makes loss. him a better quarterback in the sense that he now has to really, really work with the guys that he has. That, he when I say, He's not going to go he'll, Suddenly, Randall Cobb is the number one if they had to play a game this Sunday. You know, right. he's not going to change. This is the way he's done it all along. But I'll tell you, man, right now, when you're telling me it's Randall and, uh, you know, Alan Lazard, this, this, this harkens back to, like, Favre's last couple of years when he walked out there. And, you know, if Donald Driver went down, he was looking at Robert Ferguson and Antonio Chapman. I mean, it's, right. you know, and Javon Walker hurt with the ACL. Yeah, it's, it's looking pretty bare right now. Yeah, um, no doubt. Uh, real quick, uh, you had mentioned nobody really that jumps out at you on the open market. Maybe you get one of these guys in, one of these veterans in, on somewhat of a small deal with a lot of incentives if they play so many games, have so many touchdowns, things like that. But uh, do you see a trade coming? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. No, I think that I think the Packers have got enough uh, draft picks right now where that's 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 plan B. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is there is anybody else where they think that they're so deep at, at, at position that they could give up another position, like a, an offensive lineman or something like that, uh, somebody on their roster? No, mm-hmm. I think they like their roster the way it is. Uh, they got themselves a punter, you know, the Pat O'Donnell kid. Yeah. But I, I would just imagine that, their, that plan B means maybe they flip some of these draft picks to get a, a 26-year-old guy uh, that's been in the league three or four years, that Rodgers feels comfortable, that Rodgers would probably even talk to them about last week and that he could sign off. And because the word is is that Rodgers, when he signed that thing last weekend and the Packers sent a trainer, a physician, out to actually give him the required physical before he signed the paperwork, that Aaron knew about at that time, it was unlikely they were going to be able to bring back Devontae as he mm-hmm. signed that contract. So if the if the situation is more open that Rodgers wants, if it truly is, I would imagine that they have talked to him about, yeah, here's a plan B, and they gave him three or four names of receivers. Do you like that guy? What have you seen of that guy? you think that could work? Because we might go after him. I'm hoping that's where the level of that relationship is with him and Matt LaFleur. Good stuff as always, Mike. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. And if anything else breaks, we'll touch base again, pal, okay? Thank you, Bill. Take care. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's our own Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. Mike, always brought to you by the Bay Motel, Green Bay. Bay Motel, quiet, cozy, comfortable. Go to baymotelgreenbay.com. If you're looking for a great place to eat, sit down and watch the game. They've got comfortable chairs, a big screen TV. they got great margaritas, tacos. That's the Wrestling Taco, 84th Street, just a couple of blocks south of the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Say hi to Marcus. He's probably in the kitchen right now. Say hi to Nicole. And uh, tell them we said hello. And uh, at some point, maybe we're going to try to stop in there as well. But uh, going, they got four big theater seats. Go in and watch the Wisconsin game tonight. Have yourself a margarita. Kick back, relax, and enjoy. That is the Wrestling Taco on 84th Street right there in West Dallas. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. Wrapping it up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Stop in and see my buddy Gino over at San Giorgio's, the only, the the authentic Napoletano Pizzeria, the VPN, right here in the state of Wisconsin. There's only 60-something of them, 70 of them in the country, and we've got one in our own backyard. I've been telling you about it. If you're coming into town and you want to head downtown, go to San Giorgio, Calderon Club. Both of them have the Bill Michaels. If you go in and get the Bill Michaels at Calderon Club, that's the, uh, the, the sausage penne. Or uh, combined with, by the way, the chicken marsala. Oh, it's so good. Uh, or you go over and get the Bill Michaels pizza at San Giorgio's, and that's fantastic as well. And both are served up with Cider Boys from Point Brewing. Uh, I love it. Love our guy, Joe Martino. He's such a good guy. But uh, but stop in at San Giorgio. Tell Gino we said hi. And, uh, and by all means, uh, enjoy the game downtown. Enjoy it safely as well. So uh, that's going to kind of do it as we get ready to wrap things up. Ben, you're heading into the Milwaukee area, correct? I am. And uh, by the way, just to get people caught up on the games, uh, some of the stuff that's going on, uh, 52-25 at the half, Texas Tech over Montana State. Uh, Purdue 46-33 at the half over Yale. Ohio State ended up uh, knocking Sister Jean and company out of the tournament. Loyola Chicago done 54-41. Auburn. Gets a win over Jacksonville State, 80-61. That game has come to an end. By the way, Auburn, man, three of their guys go down with injury. Uh, split lip, split elbow, uh, bad hip. So Auburn a little bit banged up after that one against Jackson State. You've got uh, Delaware and Villanova getting ready to tip off now. But the big one coming up tonight, 8.50 Central Time. The Wisconsin Badgers at the Pfizer Forum. They are taking on number 14, Colgate. There you go. All right. Get out and enjoy it. I might, I might see you later down at uh, uh, down at uh, Nice Ash. I might go for a cigar tonight, a beverage tonight, watch the game tonight. I might. Not sure. But chances are good. Chances are good. Until we talk again on Monday, and hopefully nothing else breaks. Holy mackerel. Look for Ben Kenny to be running around downtown Milwaukee. Give him hell. Just shout out Iowa. He'll know what you mean. Until then, time for us to go. Have a going. Woo! The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.